guys. How's it going? Good. It's so like pulling here. I was like shocked. Almost threw up. No. <laughs> um, um, sweet. So good to see you. Be back here for the new year. Um, today I am teaching on epiphany. And um, when I was preparing for this, I kept on saying like empathy. Like that, that was just in my head. Empathy. Empathy. And I, but I knew it was two separate words, you know, and I was like, man, I guess God wants to be more empathetic towards people um, and uh, preparing for this. So, um, but empathy, epiphany can, is a realization, kind of a moment where you realize something, you know, it's like, oh, I see that now. Um, and I've had moments of that throughout my life. Uh, first moment was uh, I had I used to have an Xbox One. I don't know if any of you when you used to game, you know, and uh, I decided to sell it, and so I sold it on Facebook. This guy, uh, um, uh, you know, messaged me, and uh, he was like, "Hey, let's meet up in the Northland. Uh, let's there's this old abandoned bar. Let's meet behind that." And I was like, "Cool, I'm about to get a hundred bucks. Let's go," you know. <laughs> And um, so, uh, and so our plan was: uh, there's this uh, uh, really good place to get some hamburgers up in the Northland. It's called Tay's Burger Shack. I don't know if anyone's ever been there. It's really good. And so we were gonna get the hundred bucks, and then we were gonna go there for dinner in celebration, you know, of hundred bucks. And so uh, I go meet the guy. I'm like talking to him, and my first instinct was to invite him to church. You know, I'm gonna tell this guy about Jesus, uh, and let's. Um, Let's bring him to church. So I'm about to invite him to church, and he pulls a gun on me. And I'm like, oh, this, this all of a sudden, like, I had this moment of like, oh, this got really real for this moment, you know. Um, and then I thought, I probably shouldn't have met him behind this abandoned bar by a trash can. Uh, that probably wasn't the wisest moment. Anyways, long story short, got the money back. They got the guy. You know, it was ended up being a great story. I ended up selling it again, and we ended up eating hamburgers. So it ended up working out. Um, another moment where I had a, a huge realization of embarrassment was um, at trunk or treats, and um, and uh, Sam decided to go to Tulsa, and so I was stuck with three kids to bring him to the trunk. I think Bryce realizes what's happening right now, um, and so uh, and then I and I I can have a bad attitude like. I, if I don't want to do something, I will not do it. And so they asked if I wanted to serve at Trunk or Treat. I said no. And I was like, I'm not going to serve at Trunk or Treat. And I dug my feet down, and I, I did not serve at Trunk or Treat. I'm going to be the good dad. My wife's away. I'm going to bring them. You know, that was my uh, excuse. And so I let, I'm letting the kids run around. I'm talking to people, saying what's up. I ran into, like, probably 20 of you in here. And finally I get to Bryce, and he's like, bro, your zipper's down. <laughs> and I'm like, I look down, it's down, and I pull it up, and I'm really thankful for Bryce. I'm like, he is the only true friend out of all, everyone in here. I talked to Alex, I talked to Brad and Danny, I talked to so many, the, uh, Alicia, Jacob wasn't there, he would have told me. Jacob would have told me. Alicia, talk to Alicia. And I had this realization of, oh my gosh, I am an idiot. I should, probably should have served. This would have never happened, <laughs> you know. Um, so, but we all get those moments in life, you know, where we realize, oh, like, you know, idiots, you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, we tend to be better off afterwards. And um, but Epiphany, you know, in the biblical tradition was 
the Gentiles now having access to salvation, which is really the greatest sense of realization of, man, I was lost, but now I have freedom in Christ. You know, I don't have to do all this extra stuff. I don't have to become a Jew because a Gentile actually could become a Jew back in those days. They had to do all this stuff. They had to memorize the Torah. They had to do so much stuff to get in right standing with God. But now it's like, hey, just know who I am. Love me. And I mean, I love you and I die for you. And so that's what epiphany is with the the Christian tradition. And it all started with the wise men, because the wise men were not Jews. They did not come from Israel. They come from a foreign land, and all of a sudden they saw a star in the sky and said, let's follow that. Let's follow that. And uh, it's prophesied that the Messiah will come for the Jewish people. And these weren't people like we'd see in the traditional nativity scene. They probably were not... um, clean, you know, they probably uh, followed astrology and other crazy sense, uh, types of religion, but God chose to use people to find him, and that's good news for us, is because we don't have to have it all put together, we don't have to, you know, say the right things all the time, because if you know me, I don't, I can be an idiot, you know, and, but God still wants to use us, despite our flaws, despite the things that might, um, disqualify us. And God uses us every single day to reach people. So starting out in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star, and when it rose, we have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. So I'm going to focus on Herod for a little bit, then I'll go back to the wise men. Because uh, I find Herod's response to the, the scripture, to the arrival of the wise men, very interesting. Because who was Herod? Herod was king of the Jews. He was appointed at this position. Um, and uh, he was basically saying all um, authority in scripture in knowing Uh, who the Messiah was, who she should be, and he was leading the Jewish people in Israel. Um, But what happened was when the true king, when the wise men came and said, hey, a Messiah is coming, Herod felt challenged. You know, there was a sense of insecurity that arose in him by saying, oh, who's this true king of the Jews that's supposed to come, you know? And and I don't know about you, but that happens to me, you know, in my life. That's happened. Where maybe some truth came out, some things that I didn't want to hear, and all of a sudden I felt like, oh, are, like, are you sure? Um, uh, do, do you know, like, who I am? Like, I, I'm the king of the Jews, Herod might have said. Like, I am the one that's leading these people. Why didn't you come, you know, when I had my big day? You know, insecurity can start to arise in people when you feel like unjust and and felt like, man, how come that situation didn't happen for me? You know, Um, and it says in John chapter one, verse 11, it says he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Think about that. Herod, king of the Jews, and there's this Messiah that's supposed to come for Herod right? It's for him. 
And he's like, man, I, that's not going to, because I'm the king. I want to be my own king. I want people to serve and, and, and come to my need. I don't need a king. We do that often. Where it's like, man, I know what's true. I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I don't care because it feels good. Or I, I don't want to be embarrassed by the call out. You know, I don't want to have that awkward coffee uh, conversation where someone's like, bro, what are you doing? And, and be like, ah, like, no, I, I don't want that. I, I don't want community to do that for me because I don't want to have that moment of embarrassment come in my life. Because I want people to think that I have it all together. That's what Herod was doing this moment. Like, oh, are you sure? Like, I, I, I don't believe it. I, I, I don't want to accept it. That was Herod's response to truth, to epiphany of Jesus is coming, not only for you, Herod, but for the rest of the world. That wasn't good enough news for Herod. He didn't accept it. Truth can cause trouble in one's heart. Realization of sin, wrongdoing. What is your response to truth? When, when your spouse or your loved one or your family calls you out and says, hey, you're doing this and I feel like you're going the wrong way. Like, I love you too much. Is your response defensiveness? Like, no, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? Like, no, I'm good. Or is it in humility and be like, like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you're right. I need to accept that truth and I need to follow it. And I need, I need to, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, can, can you forgive me? Forgive me. I mean, that, that should have been Herod's response. What, like, the Messiah's here? Man, I don't have to be king anymore. This stinks, you know? Like, this is the worst job in the world. Um, no, like, that, that, that would, like he's going to save us all? Like, let's go. But it was the opposite because he felt like his position was being taken away. He wasn't good enough. But really, like, Jesus was coming for him. Matthew chapter 2, verses 4 through 11, it says, In assembling the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the, la in the land of Judea, Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it, um, when it rose and went before until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Sorry, I've had this cough, and I'm like, man, I do not want to cough right now. Like, that would be horrible. And cough over you guys, you'd hate me. Um, so um, the second thing that came to me was, when I was reading this, was, there was, a, um, these wise men were seeking, you know, they were seeking, they saw the star and they chose, man, I, I'm going to follow this because this means something to me. I'm going to seek what this means. This old scripture that they knew of, um, was calling them out to something that was greater than them. Uh, um, they, they had to leave the comforts of where they were at 
They had to travel to a far distance land to seek something that meant something. Um, But Herod, on the other hand, was not seeking. He wasn't seeking Jesus. He wanted to reinforce his status and power. I feel like we often seek what is going to lift ourselves rather than others. Um, I do that. And when I preach, I always preach in a stance of like, this is how I've screwed up. You know, like I am totally not perfect. This is what I've done. And I have done that so much. Am I seeking God and what he wants me to do? Because I want people to notice you know, how Christian I am, how good I am, um, how great of a father I am. And if you know me, none of those are true. <laughs> you know, I fail constantly at all those. And, but we often do that, is we seek what we want people to notice. That is why we take the hard journey. That's why we go that way. But the wise men, I, I was thinking about this the other day in, in Again, this is not in scripture, so don't try to challenge us. But I, I wonder, like, they, they did this journey. Did they even have realization? They probably didn't, that they would be talked about thousands and thousands of years later. I, I believe they didn't. I believe that they went on this journey knowing that, man, this is going to be in, uh, powerful for our lives. We want to seek this thing that's going to forever change us. We don't even care if anyone knows. We don't even care if this is talk. Like, that wasn't even probably a, a thought that came in their, arm, their mind. But, man, that comes into my mind a lot. Like, is what I do going to be, ta- like, I want people to know. Like, they, that, that's just pride. And, and if you see Herod's response, that was his motivation of, like, man, I want to be king of the Jews because I want to be talked about in such a great light where people see me as king and not the Messiah. So is our response of seeking for others to notice, or is it truly seeking the grace, the freedom, the Messiah of Jesus in our lives? Where, man, I don't care if this gives me a demotion. I don't care if I lose friends. I don't even care if I need to get off of certain things and comforts. I want to seek Christ because of what he did for me. I want to seek Christ and and impact my neighborhood. Not because I want to be known. It's because I want others to find freedom in Christ. I want others to know, man, Jesus is worth it and I'm going to give some things up. I'm not going to gain anything. I'm going to give up because I want Christ to be so real in my life, and I want others to know that as well. The wise men were seeking the one who would set things right, a heavenly king, not an earthly one. There's this quote that I love. says, For by gold and power, a king was signified by frankincense, the honor of God, by myrrh, the burial of the body. And accordingly, they offered him gold as king, frankincense as God, and myrrh as man. So even the gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus meant something. There was intentionality put in this journey of, man, this is not only an earthly king, this is God. This is God on earth who's going to set things right. Like, again, if I look at my, you know, my day-to-day, 
do I have that much intentionality with my relationship with God? Where it's like, man, I know he saved my sin. I know he loves me, and I know that he loves others. But in what I'm doing in my day-to-day is that showing the intentionality of our Savior. I, I mean, most days I don't think that is. I think it's those moments of like, oh, yeah, I should do this because that's what I'm supposed to do, you know. Um, it's not necessarily in my being, but let's make that change. Let's make that change as a group of people of intentionality of, man, I am a follower of Christ. He saved me, and I don't need to be weird about it. I don't need to be, you know, on the street corner saying, you know, this is what you need to do, but I just need to be a friend, a good husband, and a great father, and that intention, even that small intentionality, it's hard. I'm I'm not saying it's easy, but that will show the grace and love of God to so many people. It says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 12, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Um, another thing that spoke was the, the, the phrase, another way. Um, again, this was a long journey for these people who m- weren't Jews, you know. Um, no one, no other, they never went to another king and rose up and decided to worship the other kings of Israel. They came and worshiped Jesus. And uh, the phrase, another way, stuck out because they already went on this long journey. And they decided to go another way. And I, and I often think, was that other way harder than the previous journey that they just made? Was it more strenuous? Was it more difficult um, than, the, than the previous path that they took? Um, we we uh, uh, went on a road trip recently uh, to Texas. So I'm Bryce, man, Texas is the worst, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I kept on saying that to other people, and I was like, I need to tell Bryce, because I feel bad that I'm saying how bad Texas is, and I didn't say it to Bryce, who loves Texas, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, so we went on a journey, and like, my go-to is just looking things up, because like when you look it up on maps, it's the easiest way. You know, what is the easiest way from this point to the coffee shop? What is the easiest way? And so we decided to go, uh, we, uh, I have a brother in Texas, and uh, they all wanted to go to um, Waco, which I, Waco is the worst. If, if you've never been to Waco, do not go. <laughs> Bryce would agree with me. <laughs> uh, they have good sweet tea, though. They have really good sweet tea. It's good. That's worth it. I mean, it's not worth the trip. It's actually not. If you do go... That, just chill by the sweet tea stand the whole entire time. Um, anyway, so we decided to go there, and um, my, my little brother and I were in the car with, uh, and we had our kids, and uh, we went, and we, we had to take, like, multiple cars because not everyone can fit. And we get to Waco, and we're like, man, where's everyone at? And so I called, and they were like, we're 30 minutes, like, out still. And I'm like, like, why are you going? He's like, I didn't want to take the toll road, you know? And I'm like, man, like, you went the harder route, you know? Of course, you're not, you're not going to get the bill, but, like, you got to go the easiest way. And that's tend to what I do is, like, man, what is easiest from point A to point B? I will take that. But I feel like in our Christian walk and in, in, in what God was telling these wise men to do in this moment was, hey, I want you to take another way because Herod don't need to know what just happened, you know? There, there, there is a... Um, uh, an evil plot that Herod wants to do, go another way. Go another way. So, epiphany, 
to the wise men had a cost, a long journey, tense conversation with Herod, life forever change. We are not supposed to have an easy, safe life, is my takeaway from that. Uh, one thing that challenges me about Alex is, and it, and it kind of, like, it didn't bother me, but I'm like, dude, this is kind of annoying, you know, um, um, is, like, we'd have coffee, and he would see someone who maybe needed help, and he would help them, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm like, we're hanging out, you know, like, like I, like I, uh, I, um, and, and, and I'm kind of being dramatic. It didn't really bother me that much. You guys are thinking like this guy's the worst, you know? <laughs> um, no, it didn't, like, but it was actually very challenging to me. Where it's like, man, like, because my what I tend to do is I have, if I have a meeting with someone or if maybe I'm hanging out with my family, like I tend to use that as an excuse to not see the need around me. And when I saw Alex, when he would do that, um, it, it really challenged me because I'm like, man, I, I should be like that, you know, because I feel like Jesus would also be like that. He'd be chilling with his friends, and he'd see the need, and he would meet it. You know, he, he, would, he would talk to that person who was down. And I feel like that is something that is hard. It's not easy. It's challenging. And I... Too often, I feel like when people expect a Christian life, they want it to be easy. They want it to be relaxing. And what I've come to learn is often it's not. Often it's inconvenient. Often it's like, man, I have to be nice to my neighbor, you know, I have two new student neighbors right here, and I'm like, I to, can't be a jerk to the people across the street from my house now, you know, <laughs> um, like, it's challenging, it's so hard, and I think it's worth it, though, I think it's worth it, because it shows how real Christ is in me, that even though I don't want to be nice to my neighbor, even though I don't want to talk to that person who maybe doesn't have a home, it's going to ruin my plans, that's Christ in me. It's not me, I can tell you that. It's not my first thought. It's Christ transforming my life. In true epiphany, where it's not just for the Jews, it's for everyone, it's for all of us in this room, that change and transformation needs to come out through our actions. It needs to come out within our community. It needs to come out on, in your job where you're, you know, uh, at the coffee shop or at the bar and you're just talking to people in true Christ needs to be in that present moment where people who don't know him. That's true epiphany and that's why Christ revealed himself to the Magi. And it is very, very difficult. So, I'm going to wrap some things up. If the worship team can come up, please. So, some spiritual practices you can take throughout your week is the first one. It's okay to be troubled and ask questions. Let those moments change you toward a better relationship with Jesus and others. Herod 
was troubled. He didn't like the message that the wise men were bringing. And instead of letting that trouble in his soul bring him joy of like, oh, like, he's the true king and the true Messiah. I'm not. That's a stress and a burden that's not on me anymore. I'm going to give that to Christ. He was troubled and went the opposite way. It's okay to be troubled, guys. It's okay to be worried and be like, man, did, was I wrong in that moment? Did I sin? But just change. Don't be defensive. Don't, you know, take it out on the loved one and the person who's calling that out in you. Change. And, and ask for forgiveness. Be like, man, I, I'm sorry I was a jerk. I'm sorry that that came out that way. Help me with that. Help me with that, God. And then as a community, let's be friends and help each other with that. Second thing is seek. Seek community. Um, I feel like especially nowadays, it can be hard to go out of our way to find those relationships that bring true challenge in our soul. It's hard. One, it's uncomfortable because you got to know my crap. You know, you got to know my struggle. You got to know what I'm dealing with. And then two, um, we're all busy. You know, we, we, I feel like we truly are. And we can make excuses and people say, well, you're really not busy. But man, like we all have jobs for the most part. We have family in a job and family alone is stressful to bring other people in that community. is like oh, more but it's worth it. It's worth that, that the relationship. It's worth that friendship. And oftentimes that community can be even closer than family. Because all you have jacked up families, and I know it. You know, I have a jacked up family, and I need that relationship with friends to help me with that relationship with family. But then also, you know, I feel like some of my friends see the true side that I'm trying to hide from my family. Let's be real, you know. I don't want you to talk about that at Thanksgiving, you know. Let's be fake. So we need those friends in that community to bring us close to Christ. Man, start a book club. Let, let's, like, go through Scripture together. Let's... Uh, engage in scripture. Let's engage with people who maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus and invite them into community. Um, um, a lot of you know that I, I was pastoring before at other churches, and uh, one of my youth leaders, when I was a youth pastor, really challenged me with this. She's, um, she was a youth leader, and I, and, I got a, and I had the response of Herod, actually, to be real, when she did this. Um, she said, hey, Justin, who are your friends that aren't saved? Who are your friends that don't belong to this church that you're pastoring at? And I was like, I, I, again, in that moment, I was more like Herod than I was like the wise man. I'm, I'm being real, you know. But now that I look back at that, and I've told her this too, after I went through some things and I had some true change happen in my soul, I actually told her this. Hey, when, remember when you said this? Like, that was real. But she said, who are your friends outside of this church, and who are your friends that don't know Christ? That's a question for every single person in this room. Who are your friends that don't know Jesus? Because we need them. We need those people who don't know Christ and don't know Jesus in our lives. And then lastly, maybe it's time to go another way. You've been in sin. You've been putting yourself before others. Turn and ask Jesus to help you in this hard journey 
toward the one who saves. Man, giving up sin is challenging. I'm going to be real. It's hard. Um, talk to someone. Like, be real with someone for the first time. Because when you're so stuck in sin, you aren't real. You're being fake to your friends. And I'm going to call that out into people in this room because maybe someone needs to hear that. When you're so entrenched in your sin and you're embarrassed by it, take that step and have that conversation with someone who cares about you. There's so many people, men and women in this room, won't judge you. They will love you. They will wrap your arms around you and they, they'll, they'll be there for you. I know Bryce will. I know I'll be there. I know Alex. I know Brad. I know so many guys will be with you fellas in this room. Same with the ladies. Like if you're struggling with something, so many people who will just love you. Don't let that trap you and hold you back from what Christ wants to do in your life because that is what's holding you back. Not all the other excuses that you're putting in your life because that's what I was doing. I was like, man, because uh, I'm not doing this is because other people. No, it's because the sin that I was dealing with. It was the struggle that I was having secrets. It was me. So if you're struggling with something, reach out. Let's, let's hang out. Let's pray. Let's wrap up. God, you are so good. We love you. We worship you. We don't deserve you. But in your grace, you made your way, your way in, you made yourself known to all. Not just the Jews, not just the people who act a certain way, Lord. You made yourself known to everyone. You made yourself known to every single person in this room. You made yourself known to the people who feel like they're not good enough. The people who are stuck in sin, you still love them, God. You are the Messiah and Savior for them. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for Epiphany for coming here and saving us, God. In Jesus' name. listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.